We're going to read together again Psalm 23 first. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, sh- he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our second reading is from Second Corinthians chapter 5. We read the first nine verses. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved... We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And I would like to turn to one more scripture reading, and that is from the book of Revelations. Turn with me to chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. We pick up our reading at verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen. 
blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the, Lamb of, before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the whole of Psalm 23, we meet with a happy and contented and satisfied sheep of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it is as if it comes to, in these last two verses, to a climax. And satisfaction, that is the word that comes to our minds when we hear these last, this last verse of this psalm. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as we re- reflect then, uh, on this morning's Lord's Supper, as we have been invited so graciously to the table. There again, we, I trust that word satisfaction come to our minds. At his table, um, he seeks to satisfy his children, his sheep, with what he has done. What he has done. In Jesus Christ. And we heard about that, that gospel meal prepared by Jesus Christ. And we heard about that beautiful anointing oil that make our, make our faces to shine with joy. Because he honors us to come close to him. And we heard about that beautiful cup that overflows, that keeps running over because it is God's goodness that is poured into that cup through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is a God of abundant grace so that we can be abundantly satisfied, extravagant grace, in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for, for poor and needy and hungry souls and sinners. And the gracious host has, has, has shown that to us. That there is abundance of grace with him for all the days of our lives. And yes, not just for all the days of our lives, but, but forever. Forever. And so as we finish this Lord's Supper week, we pray that that graciousness might stay with us and that also that glorious future might again be impressed upon us, that we, that we go forth from here strengthened 
longing more for that glorious future on the one hand, but also knowing that the graciousness of the shepherd will meet our every need wherever we go, all the days of our lives. And that, that God's children can say with more clarity, and maybe also one who says, I don't have this shepherd yet, and come to say, my shepherd, for the first time. But also that God's children would say, I know it. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall lack nothing. I shall want nothing. And that is truly the heartbeat of a satisfied sheep. So let us consider this under the heading then, verse 6 of Psalm 23, with the words of satisfied by my shepherd. First of all, that satisfaction that follows me and second, the satisfaction that awaits me. Now, this, word, this psalm begins with a simple word, children, surely, surely. It tells us that this is a positive satisfaction. Surely simply means I'm, I'm altogether certain about this, absolutely certain. There's no doubt in my mind, <clears throat> sorry, no doubt in my mind that he who is that gracious host and that gracious shepherd has all the provision that I need, all the protection that ever I need, all the guidance he can give me through his word that I ever need. And that is what stands out in this little word, surely, surely. It's clear to me, and I hope that also after the Lord's Supper, God's children can say it with with greater certainty. I have tasted that the Lord is a gracious God. I saw it this morning when the bread was broken. Surely, He is such a gracious God. And what a glorious shepherd we have. Tender, who brings sheep back to the fold. And that we join with, with joyful hearts with this little word this evening. Surely, greater clarity, he is my shepherd. Because that's what the Lord's Supper is all about, that he comes and brings us greater assurance, weak faith he wants to fan into flame. He who is the gospel can surely care for me in such a way that I lack nothing. That's what the Lord's Supper is designed for. To grow in assurance and to be satisfied with this shepherd. And especially satisfied that you say, as you go from here later this evening, Lord willing, more than ever, I see it. I should serve this one. This good shepherd. Oh, don't we have reason tonight to say, surely? Surely goodness and mercy... And that brings us, secondly, that those two words bring us to a plentiful satisfaction. A plentiful satisfaction. Goodness and mercy are following the sheep. Infinite, overflowing mercy. We heard something about that cup that overflows. This goodness and mercy will follow me. Now, some people say, well, it will follow me, it, as if it follows the sheep. 
wherever the sheep go, there goodness and mercy follow. Uh, certainly, the Lord makes us a blessing when we are sheep in His pasture. He makes us a blessing. He blesses us in order to be a blessing. But, but can we truly say that we are always and ever, all the days of our lives are a blessing? And that we are always full of goodness and mercy? No, we can't. We can't say that. No, this speaks about the shepherd. This whole psalm has been about the shepherd. Is now certainly this goodness and mercy coming from the sheep? No, it is the goodness and mercy that comes from the great and glorious chief shepherd of his people. It comes from his gifts. I lack nothing because he, his goodness and his mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's God's goodness that follows us. It was especially after the time that the people of God had, had sinned in the wilderness after making that calf, remember? That maybe there is someone who says that even tonight, Lord, show me thy glory. Moses said it at that time. And it was at that time that God reminded Moses, I will let all my goodness pass before you. Oh, my goodness. And I will proclaim my name, the name of the Lord before thee. So what is his goodness? Those are his attributes, his glorious attributes. The character of God is his pure, undiluted, infinite mercy and grace and his, his, his attributes. That's his goodness. Each one of them. And the more we know about him, and that's also why we have the Lord's Supper, that, that we know him better, more in his glory and in his grace and in his goodness. Now, this is such a, an amazing shepherd. His eyes, the Bible tells us, run to and fro through the whole earth. He has a sharp shepherd's eye. He is all-knowing, all-seeing. What a good shepherd. He knows it exactly when one of his sheep is, is away. Away from him. He sees me. He knows me always, wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever I think. He knows me. He is such a good shepherd. He sees me when I enjoy his peace, when I come to his table, and when my heart is filled with awe and wonder and adoration. And when, it, when there is this table, even in the face of my enemies, as we heard this morning, when there are dark valleys, when I need restoration, he sees me. I need, he knows when I need correction. He sees me when I need guidance. shepherd's eye but he is also everywhere presence we heard it didn't we I am with you always even till the end of the earth even when we go through those dark valleys I am everywhere with my power and my glory to help you and strengthen you 
I know all things. You don't need to tell me. When you come to me, I know all about you already. I know my sheep, and they are known of me. Even before you ask, I know you. The Lord is my shepherd. A sheep can truly say, what a blessing that is, that he knows my need. He knows especially my spiritual need. When I feel weak, when I feel tempted, when I have gone astray, he has all power, all authority. He has this strong shepherd arm that can pull us out where we need to be pulled out. All powerful. Nothing is impossible for our shepherd. Nothing. And this arm will rule for us, he says. And we, like stubborn sheep, so often think, well, I can lean on my own arm and I can lean on my own power. But he says it tonight to you again, without me you can do nothing. Nothing. And nothing is exactly nothing. But this shepherd is not a shepherd that one day loves me and another day he doesn't love me. No, no. If he has loved us, he loves us from eternity to eternity. From before the foundations of the earth. His love is unchangeable. His grace is overflowing. It's eternal love, unchangeable. God is unchangeable. This is an unchangeable shepherd. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's why when we are in his hands, who can pluck us out of his hands? Nobody can. Nobody can. Whatever happens. That's just a few of, of, we could go on and on and on about the goodness of this shepherd and about his attributes and about his glory and how that, how that, that helps us in life. Because it is his goodness that follows us. How great the shepherd's goodness is, which he has laid up for them that fear him, which he has wrought, worked, with his mighty arm for them that trusted in trust in him. Psalm thirty one verse nineteen. There's no better shepherd. This is the best shepherd. Is he your shepherd already? Is he your shepherd? And he knows what is best for us. Always. He's all wise. He's full of wisdom. It's part of his goodness too. And he defines goodness. Let us not mistake goodness for what we think is good for us. Pleasant and, and enjoyable. That's how we define often what is good for us. But no, he knows what is good for us, truly good for us. And, and, and he defines it and also in such a way that all his attributes are glorified in our lives. All 
about him. It's about his glory. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It's about him. It's about him. And what about that sheep? Broken, humbled, dependent, needy, learning to follow. Follow his goodness because he is such a good shepherd. Why? Because he has told us that he wants to, the more we are closer to him, the more he conforms us to his image. The more we, we are changed by him, by his love and grace. And that's what we need, don't we? But it's not just goodness that follows us. It's also mercy. What is that? That is his steadfast covenant love. We've heard it before when when we were considering the book of Ruth. Loving kindness. His continued faithful love for his children, for his sheep. Even when we are unlovable, even when we are out of the way, loyalty and love, that's the, that's, see, our love is often fickle, but his love is not fickle at all. It is steady, it is, it's based on an eternal covenant that is signed with his own blood. And that's what we considered this morning too, didn't we? We heard again also about the pieces, uh, Abram, uh, the covenant with Abraham. This is covenant love that we celebrate at the table. This is the covenant in my blood, the new covenant. And we eat and drink in his presence who is holy and who is just and who hates sin. And we are not consumed. Though we deserve it. Because he is full of mercy. Full of grace. That is what the great shepherd does for us. He shed his own blood, the blood of the covenant. He shed that. And we saw it poured out, as it were, for, before our faces, to, before our eyes, to, to remind us of who he is. But he says, you belong to me. I bought you with a price. You're my sheep. I've redeemed you. You're mine. And I'm yours. David, when he came to the end of his life in 2 Samuel 23, he was called there the sweet psalmist of David. Maybe, especially when we have considered this psalm, we, we know why he's called the sweet psalmist of Israel. And as he ponders his life, he looks back. What does he see? He does see those dark clouds and those scary valleys. And he sees failures in his life. Maybe you see them too tonight. The sins, waywardness, trials, temptations. Do you see them? And as David comes to the end of his life... He remembers how his family has sinned in so many grievous ways, including him. 
And what does he say? Although my house be not so with God, yet hath he made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. You see that? Here's a happy sheep. Satisfied with what? Not what he has done. Not, not that he is perfect. No. If satisfied with God's goodness and especially his mercy, his covenant faithfulness. He sighs, as it were. No, my house is not what it should be. Not what it ought to be. But I nevertheless trust in God's faith and faithful covenant love. In all his glorious promises. And that is ordered and that is sure. And that is all my salvation. Can you say that tonight too? That is all my salvation. In the covenant, in his blood, in Jesus Christ. And, and, and can you say with David tonight as well, this is all I desire. Even if it doesn't look good with me, it's about his work, it's about his faithfulness, it's about his grace, it's about his mercy, it's about his goodness. Doesn't that resonate to you with you tonight, believer? No, my house is not what it should be. My life is not what it should be. My sins, I see them. But Lord, come and remember the covenant mercies of Jesus Christ. They are sure. They're full of grace and mercy. Promises. A covenant. Ordered and in all things, sure, everlasting covenant. So that I can say, the Lord is my shepherd, goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Children, here's a picture for you to remember. The shepherd goes before the flock. He leads the way. But he has two, two helpers behind the flock. They follow the flock. They keep the flock close, together, out of dangers. Think about it in this way. Two dogs who are behind the flock. Goodness and mercy. A picture to remember. They follow me. They follow me. They follow me. That it means it is pursuing satisfaction. Thirdly, pursuing satisfaction. This word really means like someone who hunts and pursues. David knew what it was all about. His enemies... We've heard about that. In the face of his enemies, he had this table. God's sheep know all about enemies, the world, the devil, and the flesh. And we often feel that they are pursuing us, but that's not what David relishes in. He relishes in something much better, much more glorious. Yes, God's glorious attributes of goodness and mercy. 
He says, those are, as it were, pursuing me, hunting me down, hamming me in. And that's all undeserved, all undeserved. Goodness and mercy, they, they, they keep behind me wherever I go. They protect me. They pursue me. Young people, what are youth pursuing? Has the Lord pursued you? And then he told you, follow me. And when he when he told you to follow, you began to follow, and now he's following you with his goodness, with his mercy. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. We've heard about Jacob and Esau recently a little bit. Jacob could speak about that. Goodness and mercy had followed him all the days of our lives. You remember that when he was meeting Esau, he sent some gifts and Esau came and finally they saw each other face to face. And, and what does Esau say when he sees the gifts that Jacob wants to give to him? What does he say? Well, he says, I have enough. What did he mean? Look, I, I have everything I want. I have plenty. I have abundance. I have stuff. Everything. Lots of stuff. And what does Jacob answer? Jacob answers, look what the Lord has done for me. He has given me so much. He cared for me all the days of my life. And he says it as well. I have enough. But when we study that in the Hebrew, what do we see? It is not exactly the same words. What, what is he saying? He is saying something completely different. I have enough. I am satisfied. No, actually what Jacob is saying there, he says, I have everything. Everything. Why, Jacob? Tell me. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have everything. Child of God, that's what you can say too. I have everything. I discovered something beautiful too. We, talk, we considered Jacob as well when he called Ephraim and Manasseh and was going to bless them. Last week we saw that. And then he says as well, the Lord fed me all my life long unto this day. And that word fed basically means the Lord shepherded me. He shepherded me. All the day long, all the days of my life, he cared for me. What are we saying tonight? Can we say, as we're with Jacob as well, I have everything. I have everything because the Lord is my shepherd and he has shepherded me. When I look back, he has shepherded me all the days of my life. 
Or is our lives more like Esau? I have enough stuff, things of this world. But we need to have the Lord as our shepherd. Then you can say, truly, I have everything. I'm satisfied. And then we come to this last phrase. All the days of my life, it was positive, it was plentiful, it was pursuing, and now it's permanent satisfaction. All the days of my life. From the first cry to my final breath and beyond when we are asleep. He's the Alpha, He's the Omega. He shepherded me all the days of my life. What can we say that we have not received from the Lord? Can't we say that he has given everything needed for life and godliness, promises, so that we can prosper in the gospel? Can we say that because he spared not his own son, shall he not freely give us all things? What is there that we have not received? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of our lives. Yes, you might say, but I have days of need. Isn't there a word about need in the Bible? Of this good shepherd? That he has from his abundant riches supplied all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus? Will he not be able to supply your need? When days of need are there or come? Well, but, but fears. There may be days of fearful days ahead. Well, what about this shepherd who is the creator of heaven and earth? Nothing escapes his attention. And he says that he will preserve us from all evil that he even can preserve our soul, our going out, our coming in from this time forth forevermore. Well, you say, but I have days of doubt. When I doubt, and I need, I need the shepherd's voice, and I need guidance from the shepherd. Well, there's a word for you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you will go. You shall go. I will guide you with mine eye. Psalm 32, verse 8. Do you see the shepherd's eye looking at his sheep? I will guide you. There's a staff. When you're in doubt, he can, he can guide you. What about days of persecutions that might be coming or distress that are awaiting us? Well, Psalm 9 verse 9 says, He will be the refuge for the oppressed. Are you oppressed? He's your refuge. And Job said, 
that he shall deliver you in six troubles. Yes, in seven there shall be no evil touch you. No real evil. He will keep your soul. What about days of poverty and loneliness? Has the Lord a promise for that, perhaps? Yes, he has. Psalm 72, verse 12. He shall deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him that has no helper. Let him be your helper. Let him hear your cries. Well, but I'm anxious, Pastor, about the future. What is going to happen? Well, do you remember those words? I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. What about when I mourn about my sinfulness and when I I want a pure heart? Did he not promise to give you a new heart and and take away that stony heart and give you a new spirit and sprinkle clean water upon you? Ezekiel 36. And so we could go on and on. All the days of your life, whatever your need is, he can supply. So that you can say, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. His promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. He, he, he has bound himself to care for his sheep. And no one will pluck them ever out of his hand. No one ever. And I will. The psalmist is writing about something still in the future. The satisfaction that awaits me. It's future grace that he is certain about as well. He expects to be satisfied one day forever. And so we can call this expected satisfaction. And I will. This little word and links it with that first word of the sentence. Surely. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And, surely, and. So I'm sure here about what I'm going to say next as well. This is a certainty. Because I have seen how he has cared all the days of my life. And we could go and repeat everything that the psalm says. The green pastures and all that. But we won't at this moment. That's why he says, I will. And I will. My expectation is to be satisfied one day forever. When Christ is our shepherd through life, we can have confidence that he will shepherd us even to death and through death. My shepherd will never leave me nor forsake me. Child of God, this invites you to look back for a moment to your life. How has he shepherded you? And how all these things in the past should, should give you confidence for the future. He can do similar things 
that he has showed you before. He can do greater things. Yes, greater things. Why worry? He's the shepherd who provides. When he talked about that provision, he, he said, look at those, li- those beautiful flowers. I clothe them. Look at those, those, those little birds. They will be provided for. Not a hair can fall from your head. Seek now first my kingdom. Seek first my kingdom. And then in Luke it says this, so precious. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you everything needed for life and godliness. Yes, no, the kingdom. To be with Him forever. To give it. He gives it. So we can sing the work that thou for me hast begun shall by thy grace be fully done forever. Mercy dwells with thee, O Lord, my maker, think on me. I've got expectation for the future. He says, I give to my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. Never. I go to prepare a place for you. We heard it this morning as well. And then I will come again and I will be with you. You will be with where I am. And I will. I will dwell. This is ensured satisfaction. It is an assured satisfaction. We say sometimes dwelling. This word evokes the picture of a home, a safe place. Walls around us, we feel safe, ensured, certain. We can dwell there. Where will his sheep dwell? They will dwell in the house of God forever. Yes, as we hope to hear in a moment, but it is the shepherd's fold, is it not? They go, they come in and they go out and they get, now we still get foretastes of, of green pastures and still waters. We get only foretastes. But one day, one day, we will dwell, dwell, stay there. We don't need to go out. We are in Forever. Yes, already we have these foretastes by the empowering of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. How comforting. But He has something greater. He will dwell with us forever. He's promised. He's promised. Revelation 21, 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. It's promised. It's, it's ensured. It's promised. 
God will dwell with His people. They will be, He will be their God, and they will be their, His people. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. When we think about the house of the Lord, the, the idea in David's mind must have been the temple, yes. But this is a place of, of God's presence. And therefore, it's an exalted satisfaction. It's an exalted place. We heard it, didn't we? Through the valley of the shadow of death, he will bring us to a place where the, where the table is prepared forever and where we will eat and dwell with him, no enemies anymore. Then we finally can say, through the valley of the shadow of death, he will bring us there to be satisfied forever. Either through death or through that day, that judgment day, where he, as that good shepherd, will, will judge between his sheep and between the goats. And then he will, what will he do? He will lift up his flock forever to his heart, close to his bosom, where they will hear his heartbeat of love forever. Psalm 28 verse 9 says this, A good shepherd will save his people and bless his inheritance and feed, that is, shepherd them also, and lift them up forever. Just like as he does with tender lambs and, and lifts them to his heart. And that's why we also read 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building, house of God forever, a house not made with hands but eternal in the heavens. This is that heavenly fold where there will be green pastures forever and where there will be still waters flowing forever and where the paths of righteousness will be forever, we will never go out of their way anymore. No scary valleys anymore. No difficulties where we weep. No tears in our eyes. No depression to, to, to drag us down. No, our hearts will be full and overflowing. And we will no longer be driven by false shepherds and their lies because Satan will be crushed under our feet, done away with. Nothing unclean can come into that place. So we need the blood of Christ to enter that place. And there will be no more death in that place because death is swallowed up, taken away in victory. There we will have a Lord's Supper that will never end, as it were. Goodness and mercy shall satisfy us. He will show us forever. He will fill our hearts with joy and thankfulness forever. Endless praise. I read something recently. When we praise here on the earth, we often feel like this is 
This, these are clothes that don't entirely fit us. We feel still we want to give more. More praise to the Lord. But the clothes of praise don't fit us so well. But there they will be seamless. The rope of righteousness will be upon us and, and endless praise will just flow from our lips. In everything we do, we don't know exactly what, what we will do, but we know that he will be praised forever, as we read also from the chapter, that exalted chief shepherd, he, he is the glory of that country, of that fold. And our cup will be overflowing when we will see him and will be like him. He is exalted on the throne and we will be around the throne and singing with trillions of angels and rejoicing because he brought me home. Maybe you say tonight, it's too good to be true. I can't even reach it with my mind and with my heart. I'm Mr. Ready-to-Halt in Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. I'm limping. I'm limping along. My faith is not strong. Maybe it's because he broke your leg one time because you were constantly running away. I don't know. And I wonder if I ever will be there. Is there someone here tonight? He will bring you there. Even if you limp, if your trust is in the shepherd, he was slaughtered in order to bring each one of his children there. However weak they are, trust him. Even when you feel weak tonight, How do we know? Well, his promises, we read it, didn't we? Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. There you have it again. He will dwell with us. They shall hunger no more, thirst no more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. It will be easy to, to, be, to be praising God forever. Why? Because the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed that is shepherd them, shall lead them unto the living fountains of water. There, there you will be satisfied forever in this exalted place, prepared for those who love him. And he shall wipe away all the tears from your eyes. All the tears. Because here we come through valleys, Here we come through tribulation and trials. But he brings us to this exalted place where that is no more. Where he is forever with us. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Taste that word for a moment. Forever. Literally it means unto lengths of day. Days without end. Forever. Eternal satisfaction. Eternal satisfaction. God came up with this plan, not we. 
He made it up in his eternal mind. Think about it in David's time. He came up with a time with an idea one day. He said, "Well, let me t- let me build a temple." Nathan came and said, "Good, go ahead, David. You build the temple." That's what we want when we are a bit religious. We want to build the temple ourselves. Okay, David, go ahead. And then the Lord says, Nathan, go back for a moment. Will you dwell in a house? Will God dwell in a house? In a house? Remember, David, what I did for you, I, I took you away from the sheepfold. I made you a shepherd. I made you a ruler over Israel. I fought your enemies. I did everything for you. No, God has a better plan. This plan is that He will make a house for you. He will make a house for you. He will build your house. Yes, Solomon will build a physical temple after you. But I will build you a house forever. A lineage, a household, children. Who? came from there Jesus the good shepherd the greater David he will build that temple he will gather his children he will bring each one into that exalted fold forever and what did David say at that time who am I O oh my Lord that and what is my house that thou hast brought me to this point hitherto the Lord has spoken for a great while to come he says is this the way men treat each other no this is this is this is beyond us he says God has spoken for a great while to come about a house forever Through Jesus Christ he will build a temple and we will dwell there with him forever and stone by stone he is building this temple a living temple are you part of this temple and you will come and 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 glorify him and and exalt him one day forever he will lift you up forever into his presence Through Jesus Christ we can never build an eternal temple we can never ever save ourselves in that way but here is an eternal temple that Christ is building and and he's filling it with worshipers he's still calling worshipers and, and he says this will be forever a true house of god eternally in heaven built by god through his grace through faith in him do you trust him it will be forever forever where you can ever bask and be satisfied with who god is and these promises are still yes and amen in the lord jesus christ the lord will build a house and david says I will be there forever. Can you say it too? Not because of me, 
No, because of the chief shepherd, the great shepherd of his sheep, the Lord Jesus, who is brought again from the dead, and he has made me alive, brought me out of my death, out of my sin. The great shepherd of the sheep who brought, was brought again from the dead, Hebrews tells us. And he, through the blood of the covenant, promises, also in the Lord's Supper this morning, through the blood of the covenant, he promises what? That he can make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And therefore we can say forever. He can work it. So whom are we going to follow when we go from here? I will trust him, my shepherd. Is that what your heart says? Blessed are you. I will be satisfied with him, my shepherd. Oh, satisfy me more. Christ is that good shepherd. Even for days ahead, for a good while, he has spoken in his promises forever. My life is secure. My future is glorious. I will one day be fully satisfied, even if I have, if I have a few dark days here. But if you say it's not Christ, then you say something else. Then you're heading for more than a few dark days. And therefore I warn you and say, this is your Psalm 23. I'm my own shepherd. I will lack everything. All the pastures I try to eat from are barren and unsatisfactory. The waters drink, I drink are filthy and make me sick. My soul is more and more hardened and destroyed. I seek out the paths of unrighteousness and sin. There are times I am scared and terrorized. Because I feel it, I am alone. I have an evil shepherd. His name is Satan. He hits me with his rod. He uses his lies as a staff to guide me. The table I try to eat from leaves me empty. I want to use my mind as little as possible because it scares me to think about the future. I have no future. It scares me to think about my sin. I know my cup is empty. And an awful cup of wrath is awaiting me. Death and destruction will pursue me. Not goodness and mercy. Till they finally will lock me up in hell forever with Satan and his evil angels. Oh, I plead with you, if that's you, if you say, help, that's me, then I say, there is still a shepherd calling you. I'm the good shepherd, not the evil one. I laid my life down for the sheep. Gave everything possible. Trust him. Cry out to him. He can satisfy your soul as no one else by himself.
when he becomes your shepherd, you will say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Goodness and mercy shall also follow me all the days of my life, even forever. Amen.